0: Hello, I'm uh, Tomer Sofinzon, co-founder of The Pillar Project, and you're listening to Transit Lounge Radio at Login 2018.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And so I'm really curious. So you're promising a a platform, a a way that people can actually take back control and ownership of their data. And this is Pillar. So would you tell me a little bit about this and how it's going to work, please?
0: Sure. So what we're doing, uh, what Pillar is, is a way for you to take back your data. Today, whether we like it or not, the data d- doesn't belong to us. Uh, it belongs to many other organizations, not only Facebook and Google, they're just you know, the best of it, but many, many others. And they're all created, built, and maintained in order to monetize your data and sell it to the highest bidder. And we believe that in the f- 21st century, it's about to change that. So what we're doing is creating what we call a personal data locker where you're going to store all your personal information and you would want it to be this way because it's going to be in your control. You're not switching the current system to Tomer or you're not switching the current system to Pillar. You're going to have control. We don't have control. Even if someone puts a gun to my head, I don't have your private data. Mm -hmm. I don't have your private key. And this personal data locker, uh, we hope that over time is going to replace all your account and will replace also your apps and turn them into services so that you can have a direct relationship with the services and data will start coming to you and the pillar will help you using artificial intelligence manage your data. Not in order to mine your data and sell it to the highest bidder, but in order to learn how you, you, you function, how you are as a person and help you manage the data.
1: It sounds so fascinating. and There's so many layers to kind of cover. So, I mean, conceptually, it's not that you're then monetizing your own data, but it's helping you have like a more nuanced relationship with the services that you're using online and, and that you, yeah, your, your ownership kind of takes back power in that situation, right?
0: Correct. So this is the, it's a, it's a very, very rich platform. It's, it's a gigantic project. That's why it has been designed as a foundation, as a gift to the world. Mm-hmm. So it's an open source platform controlled by, uh, by a foundation. So there are no shareholders. It's a non-profit. We don't have any revenue streams from it. We don't have any revenue models from it. We are lucky enough to be fully funded. So, we, so what we want to bring is this protocol, this personal data locker that will become essentially the operating system of the 21st century.
1: Wow, that's quite a big call. And really, I guess it's really a time that people are starting to take notice and understand how important this whole question is. And clearly there are people with very deep pockets who want to help that happen. And so I understand that you're basing it on blockchain technology. And would you just talk through in in terms, for someone who's maybe heard of it but doesn't quite understand how it works, what that means exactly?
0: Sure. So whether or not we like it, uh, 100% of organizations that control your data are hacked or will be hacked. Uh, Four days ago, a company called MyHeritage, probably maybe your auditors have heard about, basically, you know, you can build your ancestries and learn about your history with, you know, gene sequencing and all of that, has been hacked. 92 million people, 92 million accounts are today out there in the wild. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. And the reason that it's not going to stop is that not because those people want it to happen, not because those companies are bad companies or because they have bad security practices, it's that because we are losing the battle on cybersecurity because we're continually using centralized system and a centralized system has a single point of failure and a single point of failure will be hacked, whether we like it or not. Where we're switching with blockchain, where we're switching towards, where P- pillar is going to be based on, which is blockchain, which is decentralized ledger technology, is a decentralized architecture without the single point of failure. It's almost impossible to to take over the network and and hack the system.
1: And so, so that sounds like it's yeah, it's it's much more feasible in terms of a like really deep kind of security level. And so the ledger is. I'm still trying to get my head around it. So it's like transactions that are distributed. So everybody has a record of the transaction. So there's also built-in transparency and, and nothing can be changed by one single person. Is that right?
0: It's basically a replication of data across the entire nodes. The more s- decentralized the, the system is, the more secure it is because it doesn't have any single point of failure. You can take over a node or two, but you're, you can't hack the system. You can take control of it and then and then twist it and change it and take the money out of it, etc.
1: I'm curious though because I've heard stories about like cryptocurrencies being hacked. So h- how does that happen? Is that like one particular node that's been taken over? Or?
0: It's simply because uh, the hacks are being done on exchanges, and exchanges are using centralized technologies. No one is interested in the two and a half Bitcoin that I have or in the three Nav Ether that you have. What people, what the hackers are interested in are what we call in security the honeypots. And the honeypots are those centralized exchanges where they can hack in one single time, they can hack half a billion worth of coins. So they have to employ too much uh, computing power to take over a, a network, a decentralized network that just make it unfeasible. That's why the Bitcoin uh, blockchain has never been hacked since the very beginning. Same as Ether, et cetera, and we'll see others. So the security element of the blockchain is not so much around can or cannot a single point. It's actually actually the other way around. Because we know that no single point of failure can resist over time hacks, we just said, okay, you know what? No single point of failure. Let's decentralize the whole thing.
1: Brilliant. Okay, it's making a little more sense to me now. And so how will people be able to sign up and, and use um, Pillow? Is it already available? What sort of stage are you at?
0: So we're going to releasing the first version of the wallet uh, this summer, so in, in July, and then we're going to come with uh, a few versions over, over the summer. And I hope toward the end of, of the year, toward the next part of the year, we're emerging with the personal data locker for e-commerce, for many other things that we were cities and services that we're working right now with, the, with Lithuania and with uh, municipalities around the world. And I hope, as I said, that in you know, a few years' time, uh, we will be our own operating system.
1: That sounds amazing. And so I see you're doing a kind of a unconference here in Vilnius in um, in July and so what can people expect if they come to that and what's also special about the kind of there's something particular in Lithuania about the financial regulations the blockchain which there seems to be a lot of this kind of fintech startup happening here as well
0: the fascinating things first of all about Lithuania is one word it's a mindset we are seeing people that are hungry for innovation we're seeing people that are interested in new things and that want to take a leap forward and uh, advance to the new world that is emerging today that's the first thing that's why we chose to come here that's why we chose to partner with the right with the right people here who are sponsoring the blockchain innovation center led and chaired by my dear friend polius uh, this center is just doing amazing things uh, for uh, for the blockchain industry more Money has been raised by startups in 2017 using blockchain technologies and, and ICO than in the last 10 years combined by VCs. So, you see how what is the effect uh, that blockchain technology can have on an ecosystem in countries. And we see a lot of small countries, and Lithuania is a fantastic example, that are taking this uh, leap forward. That's why we choose to be here. That's why we're choosing to do this unconference. It's very unique. Uh, in the framework and in the way that we're doing it, because it doesn't have a, a specific agenda. We have several speakers that are coming and speak, but uh, it's a grassroots movement. Everybody can come and, and do that. We've done that right after our initial coin offer right after our ICO in Poprad, Slovakia, last year, last August, and we're doing the same this year right now. So it's a continuation. We want to bring about 500 people from all over the world to this fantastic place in uh, in Lithuania. We have rented a uh, fantastic location uh, on a lake here i really welcome everybody to come to join to subscribe uh, to to come between the 15 and the 22nd to our unconference here in in, in Vilnius uh, 15 to 22nd of July you can speak if you have things to say if you believe there are things that people will be um, will be passionate to hear will be interested to hear come ask to ask to speak participate it's a community movement it's it's a fantastic way to interact with the pillar team and understand what we are building it's a fantastic way to learn from other developers from other communities we want we want to have it as a very open innovation and it's something that is exactly the opposite of the exclusive uh, things the small clubs that are it's something very open anyone can come it's completely free to join you just have to pay for your travel uh, if you come with a large community, we'll definitely help you also on that. That That's the idea.
1: That sounds amazing. And can you come even if you're not like a, a geek, like if you have a kind of conceptual idea or some something philosophical you want to explore? I mean, I think you've talked also about the use of the way blockchain can be used, for instance, with music um, and sort of in different creative ways. And I've I've heard a little bit about that, but I haven't heard so much about that as about, of course, cryptocurrency. So is there sort of space for this sort of exploration as well?
0: 100%. First of all, I'm not a geek and I'm operating in the space and I hope contributing to to, to other people on that. So uh, if I'm a good example that it's possible uh, not only to participate but also to lead, I think uh, it opens up to many other people uh, that are doing... Uh, blockchain is going to have an effect on everything in, in the world. Uh, music is a fantastic example of it. Art is a fantastic example of it. I foresee a fantastic future... Uh, with people with humanities uh, skills. So I welcome more philosophers, thinkers, musicians, uh, artists uh, that are coming. If, if blockchain can help artists, we're already winning. The world without, uh, without art uh, is, is a very pale place. So we encourage that.
1: That's wonderful to hear. Thank you. And um, my last question is, what is your vision for the future and how do we get there?
0: The vision of the future is uh, is a place where people control their data, they control their life, a place that is much uh, more or much with much less friction between movements between between transactions, uh, where cost where cost uh, is being transferred and brought back to to people. So we hope that this technology will, you know, return thousands of dollars to consumer pockets and to citizens' pockets, uh, creating much better communication and contact between government bodies and the citizens. I mean, it's, w- there is a lot of hope for the future. There are a lot of things that need to be corrected in the future, but we're very hopeful. And the emergence of these decentralized technologies are, are fantastic. If you think about it, that probably our ancestors didn't know how to read. If you didn't belong to the aristocracy and if you did not belong to the monks, you did not know how to read. And then came Gutenberg. What is blockchain and decentralized ledger technology if not a continuation of that? So there is hope for the future.
1: I'm very glad to hear that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful rest of the festival. And I look forward to seeing you at the Pillar Unconference in July. Thank you so much.